Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This episode is a great departure from the normal fiddling you can expect to hear on this program because my guest is Trip Henderson and his magical bag of harmonicas. Trip gets around musically, but he always makes time to visit the Fiddle and Bear Festival at Lake Gennaro in the Poconos on Labor Day weekend, which is where I met him a couple years back and where we recorded this interview last year. We talked about the harmonica's role in old-time music, which led Trip to invent my new favorite word, which is banjoistically. Uh, also, we talked briefly about the old-time community's brief love affair with Tim Kaine, which, in retrospect, is just bitter, bittersweet to hear. Special thanks again to Alan Kaufman for being on the show twice and lending me his cabin for hours so I could record four episodes back-to-back that day. If uh, by the end of this episode, you're left wanting more harmonica and banjo duets, which, by the way, did you know you were harboring such dark, secret desires in your repressed psyche? (laughs) You've been warned. Anyway, we recorded a bonus track, a delightful rendition of the uh, A Major Shady Grove. It's available to you as one of the reward levels on Get Up In The Cool's Patreon site. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon, or follow the link in this episode's description, or click the Patreon link in any of the Get Up In The Cool Facebook posts. It's a great way to support the show, and if you sign up now, you'll have access to all the weekly bonus track backlogs, which must be like 30 tunes by now. Throw in a little more, and you can download MP3s of each episode's tunes separated out from the dialogue so you don't have to press that 15-second forward button over and over and over again just to hear that crazy Brazilian Shoto tune that Andrew Finn McGill played a couple weeks ago. You can just find it in your music library. All right, Tripp and I are going to get things started with a little tune called My Wife Died on a Saturday Night. Enjoy! Thank you. 
Great. So that, please tell us the name of that tune. Yes, sir. That is a little song about kind of a country recycling. It's called "My Wife Died on Saturday Night." My wife died on Saturday That's night. That's right. It's, it's a very mournful, somber. And indeed, it's you know what I find with this old music. It's either it's a happy song in a sad key or vice versa. Yeah. And in this case, yeah, she died on Saturday night, and Sunday I got married. Yeah. That's right. Oh my goodness. Trip Henderson, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. A pleasure to be here, Cameron. So, so glad you are. We're in Alan Kaufman's uh, cabin in uh, at Lake Gennaro. Apparently the locals call it Genero. Genero, is that right? Apparently. I was not aware of that. The official name of this uh, is uh, Fiddlin' Bear. No one calls it that. Nope. But apparently in Hamlin, that... Pennsylvania, yeah. <laughs> a great annual gathering. I've been coming up here for 15 plus years, maybe wow. longer. How long has it been going on? About 20, 25 years. Oh my goodness. So yeah. it's like as old as Clifftop is, or older. That's or that's right. Yeah, I think the idea was it's a it's a festival without the festival. Yes. You know, because Clifftop's got the competition, yes, or yes. Galax says you know concerts and competition here. It's all parking lot. Yes. So it's like no 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 waiting to play. Yeah. And. Uh, and none of the distractions of getting ready for the competition yeah. or, oh, I got to run and see Bruce Molsky. Nothing against Bruce, of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, Bruce. Um, so it's just, it's a great, it's a great event for friends and family to get together annually. We love it. This is probably my favorite one. I mean, Clifftop's awesome because it's like the Mecca, but this one's like the time of year, like mm -hmm. the weather is always just like lovely yeah. and the lake and it's just like, it's so I love it. <laughs> yeah. And to me, it has a certain nostalgia. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier about the Lewis Brothers and that and that song, When Summer Comes Again. Mm -hmm. You know, so this really ushers the end of summer and the beginning of fall for us. It's the end of the festival season and a chance for us all to get together yeah. and have potluck meals and yes. make music and bring the kids. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, big time. So um, let's let's get started. How did you play? Uh, How did you start playing harmonica? When was the beginning? Well, you know, uh, I, I often like to say it takes a lazy man to find an easy way. And, uh, and as a kid, I used to watch my father. The only time I really saw my father truly happy was when he'd put the family to bed. And I'd hear this beautiful music coming from downstairs. And I'd sneak to the top of the steps. That's in suburban New Jersey. And I'd see my dad down there with his Gibson guitar and a bottle of Jack Daniels and his tobacco pipe. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it was tobacco. <laughs> and he would sing Josh White's song. Josh White was one of the great African-American acoustic blues players mm -hmm. who started in the 20s as Pinewood Tom and then became more socially aware and active in the 50s. Uh, was known for doing a really amazing version of Strange Fruit, which is a song about lynching. Uh, and Josh had a very sophisticated way of playing blues music. And my father, Northeastern Yankee guy, you know, born in Park Avenue, went to St. Paul's boarding school, then to Yale, was a whiff and poof their high-level <laughs> singing group, right? So yeah. <laughs> he, he loved to sing and he loved to play. And, and so he, when he was in World War II, uh, was stationed in Mississippi and was uh, introduced to blues music yeah. and, and just really loved it. And Josh White had that perfect combination of, of sophistication in his, in his guitar playing, his guitar voicings, yes. uh, as well as his, as his vocal arrangements. So that appealed to my dad. And my father just did just beautiful versions of that stuff, but only to himself, only after the family was in bed. So I, and oddly, the one lesson that he probably didn't want to teach to me, right. which was follow your muse, do what you really love to do, uh, was the one that he tried to hide from me. So but, you think this was like a clandestine 
activity of his like <laughs> I would I would like to think so but uh, during the daylight hours it yeah. was more like do your homework and right. you, need, you need to be a lawyer or a doctor or a banker in order to have a, yeah, that have a happy life <laughs> for him it worked out pretty miserably actually yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you know he was a hard-working guy devoted to the family but but he gave up too much of himself yeah, so yeah. Uh, so that's what I learned and 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 he played harmonica as well. So when mm. I was about I don't know, maybe seven, my sister had done something that she didn't want anybody to know about. So she bought my silence by giving me a harmonica and a Rolling Stones record. Yeah, get your yayas out. A lo- great live record by the Stones. Sympathy for the Devil. And, uh, and so I had this harmonica, and my dad said, "Well, let me let me show you how to play it." So he taught me how to play my first single notes, and like any kid of that age, I did it for a few months, got pretty good at it, and then went on to the next thing. Yes, you yes. Know, I got into slingshots and, you know, yeah. and you know, terrorizing the neighborhood. Uh, but that's how I got started. And then when I was about 16 or 17, I had heard, uh, I'd heard David Bromberg on the radio doing, uh, doing Mr. Bojangles, and there's something very evocative about that acoustic music. and. And then I heard Doc Watson not long after that on the radio doing Summertime, of all songs, hardly a mountain ballad. Yeah. But I, I, I started listening to these people, and as it turns out Doc Watson was an amazing harmonica player. Were he not known for being like one of the world's great guitar players, yeah. he'd be known for being one of the great harmonica players. I had no idea. And that stuff just really grabbed me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I actually know how to do this, right? I yeah, did this, yeah. you know, back in my earlier career as a seven-year-old ten years ago. <laughs> so I picked up the harp, and I had a couple buddies that played mandolin and uh, and banjo, and we just started doing it for fun. And and for me, it stuck. And I just really, really loved the sound of this stuff. And then as I got a little bit older, I when I was eighteen, I moved from New Jersey down to West Virginia and really started getting into string band music. And down there, I was introduced to the Skillet Lickers and. Tommy Jarrell and all those great guys. But then I bought this record called Nashville String Bands, Volume 1 and 2 on County Records. And on that was this recording by Doc Humphrey Bates and his Possum Hunters. Fun, wonderful band. He was an elderly country doctor. And he played harmonica and had this very eclectic band with his daughter, bowed bass, finger-picked banjo instead of claw hammer. And it just, I heard that and it just rocked my world. It just blew my mind. So. I learned to play that, and for anybody, for all the harmonica players out there in the house, it's in uh, first position on a C harmonica, so you're playing in the key that the instrument is designed to be played in, unlike blues where you're playing what's called cross harp. So for the first couple of years, all I did was play uh, melodies like that that I could pick up by ear. Yes. But I just love the infectious energy of that music, and I later learned that, of course, it was social music and square dance music. Yeah. And uh, that's what people did to entertain themselves back then. You know, it was either uh, the Grand Ole Opry on WSM or, or homemade music at home. Yeah. Right? So that's how I got into that one. And, uh, and from there, I, I joined an old-time band. We were called the Rebel Yellers. And uh, <laughs> we are, our, uh, our patron saint was Rebel Yell Whiskey, which is just rot gut, just terrible stuff. But it was cheap, and it's what we could afford. I was living in Morgantown, West Virginia. We were in college. And we went down to Galax and competed, and there was like 99 bands that year. We came in eighth place, which was pretty, pretty good uh-huh. for a bunch of whippersnappers. And they gave you just enough money to, uh, to go get breakfast, like at Shoney's on Sunday morning yeah, yeah. when you left. And a buddy of mine who was in the band played washboard was taking us 
uh, over to actually to get a, a puppy. That's a whole other story. But he had a cassette <laughs> recorder with him. And on one side of it was Gus Cannon and his Jug Stompers and the Mississippi Jug Band. And the flip side was Grayson and Witter. Uh, to 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 uh, to this day, two of my favorite groups, but I had never heard them before. So for me, it was like the heavens had opened up. One, you know, black traditional music, and the other white traditional music, which two of my favorite groups. And uh, the, the those guys did a lot of really fun stuff, and they did some waltzes. You want to try a waltz? Yes, yes, certainly. This is a number called the Jug Band Waltz. They also recorded separately something called the Mississippi Waltz, and I have uh, conjoined them. And uh, it's a little medley, and it goes like this. Thank you. 
Yeah, something like that. That's delightful. Ragged but right, as they like to say. Ragged but right. (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's a fun little tune. And they had a bunch of fabulous numbers that were, I wouldn't call it blues per se. It was a lot of breakdowns and novelty songs, popular songs of the day uh, for drinking, socializing. Yeah. So uh, what do they call it? A vertical foreplay. (laughs) Vertical foreplay, indeed. What, uh, What was the name of that group again? The Memphis Jug Band. Memphis Jug Band. And that was the uh, that was Jug Band Waltz and the Mississippi Waltz? That's right. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, Charlie Burse and Will Shade, and then whoever else I could get to play with them. And then another group that I loved equally, and maybe next time we do this we'll play some of that, was uh, Gus Cannon's Jug Stompers. All right. That used the banjo prominently. One of the few recorded versions, ironically and tragically, of African Americans playing their own instrument back yeah. in the 20s. Yeah. Just, just great stuff. He played the banjo and the jug at the same time. He had like an, <laughs> an, uh, an oil can that he had in a rack. Oh my goodness! And he played the, and uh, he he wrote uh, "Walk Right In," which is a big hit in the '60s, and just a just a bunch of great music. We could go on for days like that. Yeah. But since we only had this little hour with us, we'll yes. probably move on to some other things. So when you're when you're in an old time session like this weekend. What um what are the roles that you like to fill as a harmonica player? Yeah, that's and, a great question. And also uh, along along the same lines, what traditionally how does harmonica intersect with old time music? Well, that would depend on who you ask. Yes, largely. Uh, if you had asked somebody in the twenties and thirties, they'd say that harmonica had as prominent a place in old time music as the fiddle or the banjo or the guitar. Yeah. Uh, over the years, uh, particularly with kind of the second wave of old time musicians who came under the spell of Tommy Jarrell, yes. it became much more tune based as opposed to songs and right. tunes. Right. And harmonica you would find less and less in the music uh, through those decades. But if you look at what I consider to be one of the Bibles for old time music, which is the New Lost City Ramblers songbook, uh, if you if you read that, it'll talk about you know originally it was you know, fiddle and banjo and then they added the guitar and that was okay and then they added the mandolin <laughs> they kind of tolerated that uh, maybe even a slight guitar occasionally and then if you flip the page and a tiny little paragraph said and the only exception to this was the harmonica which yeah. was allowed in occasionally yes <laughs> and so so with with that uh because here we're talking about mike seeger and john cohen yes um it was made acceptable yeah. so so what what i try to do when i come to these sessions because it's not universally loved uh to uh, to first of all tr- tread lightly initially uh but i'll try to play one of two roles i'll be, rarely am i playing the role of a harmonica player i'm either playing like a fiddle player to the best of my ability. And a lot of these tunes actually sound great with fiddle and harmonica Mm. and uh, done well. Sometimes it's very difficult to tell them apart because they have that same kind of reedy, screechy, overtony thing that's going on. (laughs) Um, Or I try to play uh, what I would refer to as banjoistically. Yes. Where I'm catching maybe 80 to 90% of the melody. Right. But I'm supporting the music with chords. Yeah with melody, with harmonies occasionally. Old-time musicians don't love a lot of harmony, but I adore it, and Me I can too. tell in your playing yeah. that you do as well. <laughs> and, and truthfully, who doesn't, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. If, I, you don't, if you don't like a little harmony here and there, you're 
repressed. Yeah, ex- ex- exactly. You need to get out a little more often. Yeah. yeah. I, I, t- I tend to think it's just sour grapes. Uh, yeah. uh, nothing against my comrades, but playing harmony requires a certain kind of musical sophistication. Yeah. And you like you don't want it to get too fancy because then it's not really old time anymore. Sure. You know, but uh, but that's what I try to do. And 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 most of all, I just try to like all old time music. Try to support the whole. Yes. Old time music at its best is a group of people getting together making one unified sloppy gorgeous mm-hmm. danceable uh, thing that that acts as like a social lubricant for everything that's going on around it yeah and so that's that's what i try to do if i'm playing blues music or other styles or country music then my role is going to be quite different but right. in old time music that's what i try to do and and in the in the examples that are out there people like doc humphrey bates the Crook Brothers, another great band out of Nashville that replaced twin fiddles with twin harmonicas. A fabulous group. We're very busy on WSM and the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, they, uh, these were just great dance bands. And, and back then it wasn't, it wasn't as, uh, as kind of codified as it is these days. You know, so if you had a pump organ and a tuba and a harmonica and a fiddle and you could play the same song, you were a band back then. Yeah. But you'll you'll never find those bands recorded because the people like Ralph Peer who went and recorded those groups had a very specific idea of what was White Hillbilly music right. or, or Black Race music. And so there's lots of stuff we'll never hear because yeah. it was just never recorded. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's my basic approach to it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like to be liked, so I try not to cause too much <laughs> trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to be like too. Yeah. <laughs> although, although there was a, uh, there's a certain. I'm I'm glad that I was ignorant of the rules when I first started because I got into I learned a lot and got into a lot of uh, ingratiated myself to a lot of people through my ignorance and just because I would just sat in and I didn't know what the right banjo to fiddle ratio was and you know and, uh, people were. I'm grateful that they're mostly welcoming in old in the old time community. Yeah, yeah, ab- yeah. Ab- absolutely, and and more and more these days, I think people are realizing that you can you can play with the boundaries a little bit, yeah. and take it pretty you know pretty far out and still have it be spontaneous traditional music because yes. there's the art of improvisation is a beautiful thing to take part in, yeah. and if you just play the same tune over and over again, just like it was on the record with the same mistakes. You know, it's nice for a while, but after, you know, I'm going to get bored. You know, so mm-hmm. I once heard this great piece on NPR about shape note singing. And yes. this guy was saying, he said, you know, I would drive 200 miles to participate in a great shape note sing, but I wouldn't walk across the street to listen to it. <laughs> and a lot of people feel that way about old time music. You know, uh, to play it is deeply satisfying. Uh, as yeah. a spectator sport, yeah, not so much, you know. Right. And particularly because there's less, there's less singing these days yeah, in yeah. old time music. That's why I love groups like the Foghorn String Band, yes. who have, you know, not only strong vocals, but harmony vocals you know yeah. it's like veering on bluegrass god forbid mm-hmm. uh, the banjo player plays roles every now and then yeah. you know but for at least from for my dime they're one of the most exciting bands out there yeah. you know it's a great fiddle playing great mandolin playing great singing and you can go see a concert with those folks and be super happy or you can dance to them you know yeah. so that's that's what i look for in a band you know given my druthers yeah right on I like your druthers. I am on a similar page. Yeah. I'm, I'm fond of your druthers as yeah. well. <laughs> What's next on the list? Should we get to get into G? Sure. Pull out that G harp and I'll get pull out my G banjo. Yeah, well since we're talking about 
uh, yeah, fiddle tunes. Uh, should we try that that Indian Nation? Yeah. Okay, great. This is a. I'll let you tune. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying? Yes, I was saying. Uh, since we're talking about old time music, straight up old time music, this is a fiddle tune that I that I picked up from a buddy of mine named Reese Jones, uh, who is a phenomenal old time player. If you guys haven't heard him, I think he's won Clifftop a couple of times and just a beautiful, beautiful player. And he lived in New York for a while, and I had the good fortune of playing with him quite a bit. This is a tune called Indian Nation, which I think comes originally from the playing of Ed Haley. Uh, though it's uh, it's morphed and changed as it's been passed passed through. that one on my uh my auto valve harmonica what is yeah you like anything that's got the word auto attached to it this is a like a regular diatonic except it has double reeds and so it's a little bit more like an accordion huh. where, where if i were to play a regular g harmonica Yeah. So there's there's two reeds in every hole. One's tuned an octave above the other. Oh. I right love on. them both, but a friend of mine just gave me this, and uh, I thought I'd try it out on you. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> got, got a big, re- got a got big, big sound, sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. 
Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's a great fiddle tune. And of course, there's there's a million of them, and they're all they're all good. You know, we were talking about this earlier. You know, we go through tune crushes where we have a crush yes. with a particular tune, and uh, that's that's one that I've just always really enjoyed. And I thought it sounded good on this auto valve harmonica. So I try it out on you, nice folks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, what? Um, oh, so can you control? Can you just do one? octave on there when you're playing it looks like it's sort of divided it well yeah it's a, it's like a it basically it's a tin sandwich of course you uh <laughs> may, maybe Cameron will take a picture of this and put it up on, on the on the on the blog yeah. but uh mo usually it's what you have with the harmonics what they call a comb which is the part in the middle and yeah. there'll be 10 holes this also has 10 holes but those 10 holes are divided in half so it's really two rows of 10 holes and then, so up here is going to, the upper one's going to be the lower octave, and the one at the bottom is going to be the single octave. Gotcha. And to answer your question, uh, perhaps, but since I've only had this for yes, about a yes. week or two, I have not gotten that far into, into, right. into learning it. But it's, so, it's really meant to play, uh, these things were, you know, they're invented by German people in the, yeah. the mid-1800s, and so they're meant for playing, you know, waltzes, polkas, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so you play something called tongue blocking, where you put your tongue down in the middle, play the melody out of the right side of your mouth, and play chords out of the left side of your yeah. mouth. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a big old wheezy, like you know, pump organ. There's this, there's this guy in Philly. Maybe you know him, named Ansel Barnum. Do you know Ansel no, Barnum? No, but he's got a great name. It's a good name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he. He sometimes at open mics plays Bach inventions on, and I think he uses that technique to like play uh -huh. polyphonic music. And I always just like blows my mind. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh yeah, yeah. I got. I have to check him out. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few people around that can do that at at a at a very high level. And yeah, you can literally play counterpoint to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, between having a day job at the yes. we, we Museum of American Art and having two kids under the age of four, uh -huh. uh, I've only got so much time to devote to that. But yeah, you can do some really, really amazing stuff like that. I always, uh, I always appreciate as a as a claw hammer banjo player, uh, I appreciate um, people who have extremely limiting instruments mm -hmm. and who try to do unreasonable things on them. <laughs> because if I want to play anything other than you know straight up old time it yeah. takes a lot of work even straight up old time takes a lot you know just yeah, playing the fiddle melody on claw hammer banjo and so like i always appreciate like when people take their instrument and right just do, see how much they can ring out yeah. of that ornery little beast because yeah. it's like it's almost just like why why don't you just learn how to right <laughs> do right, it on right, a, on a right. why don't you just get a fiddle and yeah. forget <laughs> trying to do it on the harmonica or you know yeah. instead of the banjo why don't you get yourself right. a guitar and you know <laughs> But you're but you're right. There is something about the the very limiting nature of these instruments yeah. that that make the music that you get out of them very idiosyncratic and very yes. very personal, not only to the instrument but to the player itself. You know, and yeah. and harmonic in particular because you play it with your mouth and your tongue and your lungs. You know, it's yeah. pretty much in many ways the closest thing there is to singing. Yeah, uh, you play it unlike many instruments, both blowing and drawing you know inhaling and exhaling yeah. so it's it's there's something that's kind of very organic about it and and a lot of my favorite banjo players get this kind of deep plunky thing that's both rhythmic and chordal and melodic and once it's in the mesh of a song 
God forbid the banjo player stops playing and the bottom yeah, yeah. just falls out, yeah. you know, because you just, you realize just how how many rhythms and county rhythms are, are being contributed. So yeah, I, I love banjo and, and harmonica. This is this is a treat for me. Yeah, uh, this is the first time we've ever played together, yeah. uh, basically like starting about 45 minutes ago. Yep. Though we have played in big jams together, yeah. but I, uh, I love this combination. Yeah. Yeah, I could do this all day. Yeah. <laughs> We very well met. <laughs> we still got one night left. So, um, yeah, what comes? We're gonna do this book pick. Yeah, yeah, next. yeah. So uh, this is a, a really gorgeous song that was uh, uh, was rumored to be an Eskimo waltz, but I think that has be, been debunked largely. But uh-huh. it's a but it's a tune that the was apocryphal. Fa- <laughs> exactly, Eskimo uh, waltz. Exactly. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, it's published in the uh, Portland Waltz Book, and now, I learned it. Is that Portland, Maine? Poor, that would be Portland, Portland Oregon. Oregon oddly. That's where I'm yeah. originally from. Oh, no so kidding. I didn't know that we had a waltz book. You see, it was right there in your own backyard. Yeah. You, know, you didn't need to come to Philadelphia to learn this music. <laughs> it was right there waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so this is a gorgeous song. And I, I lived in Morgantown, West Virginia, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, and ran a little place called Maxwell's. I, I was their music booker and ran their open mic and... and West Virginia at the time was just an incredibly fertile place for music. And between Elkins, West Virginia, and Morgantown, yeah. and then in deep West Virginia with the Hammonds family who had been you know, studied and collected and Melvin Wine and a long list of just incredible players. Uh, a fellow named Jerry Milnes who lives down in Elkins and is essentially there, uh, the state's version of Alan Lomax. He's an incredible fiddler and banjo player, and he ran the Augusta Heritage Workshop Old Time Week for a long time. His son, Jesse Milnes, is an incredible guitar player. So I booked uh, Jerry many moons ago along with this guy named Mike Klein, who is still very active and um, uh, was very particularly active at the time and uh, coal miner struggles with the union and fighting the companies. And of course, that continues to this day. But they played this song that I just thought was just staggeringly beautiful. And it's one of those tunes that for 30 years, literally, I could just recall, but I never knew the name of it. And then I I had a a gig in New York, and I was playing uh, before a buddy of mine, Michael Daves, who's a remarkable singer and guitar player. A buddy of mine, Michael Daves. All right. (laughs) I don't want to get like a drop in names, but when he first moved to town, he was just like, hey, that kid's really good. He might go places, you know? This is before, you know, any, before he met Chris Thiele and the rest of it. And uh, we we were in a band with John Harold, who was in a group called the Greenbrier Boys. And they were the Northeast's kind of great progressive bluegrass band. Uh, But anyway, so they played this gig and they, and they did this song. I was like, oh my God, there's the song. And so I went up to him afterwards and, and so he goes, yeah, it's called the, either the Ook Pick Waltz, double O-K, or Oot Pick Waltz, double O-T. Maybe that's why they think it's Eskimo, because it sounds like well blubber or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But the gig was a duet gig with Chris Thiele. And Chris Thiele has a way of reharmonizing things. So they took what was really kind of a standard one, four, five change. And I I thought just did an incredible job with this. So Michael was kind enough to share those chord changes. And I will uh, do my best not to butcher this too terribly. (laughs) Me too. And uh, (laughs) let me take a little drink of water. Yeah. 
haunting, isn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful melody. Yeah. I wonder where it came from, if not from... Uh, yeah, if not from the Eskimos. If not from the Eskimos, yeah. Maybe your neighbor down the street yeah. up there in Portland, Oregon. Right, right. <laughs> so this is from that book, then? From that book, yeah. Interesting. It's certain. I mean, it's hard for me to... I'd have to hear the original again, because it sounds like it's so poppy with those changes. Yeah, you know? yeah, re- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is. It's, uh, yeah. it's a guilty pleasure. It's like, it's... Uh, I don't want to call it beach reading exactly, but uh, uh, but you know, typically you never get those kind of chord changes in right, old time right. music. And the original version was much more kind of one four five. Yes, and also deeply gorgeous, especially mm-hmm. with a great fiddler playing it. As a harmonica player, I'm never going to be able to get those double stops and different chords <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yep, sliding double stops. So to have more uh, more meat on the bones provided by the right, chord right, changes right. Is, is is pretty satisfying. So I, I wanted to ask you, uh, this coming this coming election, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get too political, but... We are in Pennsylvania, you know, it's y- a swing yes, state. Yes, yes, yes. Right? On my, uh, <laughs> my newsfeed on Facebook, my, the whole old time community was, you know, not almost without exception, just Bernie bros across the board. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, uh, there was a minute where it was like, oh, is this Tim Kaine guy? He's, uh, you know, he's just a, a concession and, you know, Hillary is trying to like, you know, appeal to more conservative voters and like they're, and then all of a sudden it's revealed that he's like an old time harmonica player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, all of these former Bernie bros were like, okay, this guy's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> Policies we were, aside, guy can play. Yeah. It, yeah. That was funny. It totally, totally messed up their whole narrative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. It really, really just like messed up their heads. Like, Cause you're right. You know, he's, you know, he's from Virginia. He's a Southerner. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's an active Christian, you yes. know, all those things. So people are just like, yeah, Hillary's just, she's working politics here. Right. Right. And, that's probably true to some extent, yes. and uh, that's the nature of politics, yeah. right? And, you know, I felt the burn. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get burned by Donald Trump, right? Yes. So, you know, so all, I'm all Hillary all the way. But uh, Tim Kaine's funny. You know, harmonica players, because, you know, then, then there's a subset of those people on Facebook and the Internet. are like, well, it's like, well, you know, he's not he really not much of a player. You know? See, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the truth is, because I have friends that play down there at the Floyd County store, and, you know, he would go down there a lot. And he's actually a, a really a terrific old time harmonica player. Yeah. You know, he's not a he's not a blues player. He's not a fancy bluegrass kind of player. Right. But if you're doing Carter Family or yeah. even God forbid, Wagon Wheel, uh-huh. <laughs> he, he sounds great on it, and he loves to play. Yeah, you know, he really loves to play. So, uh, though I've not met him yet, a lot of people have suggested that when they get in the White House, that he might want to get some tutoring done. So uh, yeah. so uh, people down there in Washington, D.C., if you're listening to this, I'd be glad to come down and help Mr. Kane out. Uh, we could do some duets. I think there's a, a lot of possibilities here. Yeah. Uh, but no, he's... Uh, he got to keep your harmonica base happy. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's an important uh, voter point. It is. Yeah, all, all five of us all are going to come flocking out. <laughs> But yeah, no, he he plays uh, he plays just really ter- like the way it's supposed to be played. You know, most yeah. people don't bother taking it as seriously as I do, yeah. nor should they. You know, again, if you're <laughs> going to spend that much time, play a real instrument. But he, you know, he travels with it. He he loves to he loves to jam, and, and for him, it's a great way to kind of connect with people. Yeah, you know, much like Bill Clinton did with his saxophone. Right. You know, uh, Bill was not a great sax player, but he was a good enough sax player. Right. 
and I'm dating myself here, but when he was running, <laughs> my, the band I was in at the time had a horn section, and we played a lot of fundraisers for him. And he would come down and sit in with the band, and he <laughs> had a ball. And he could could not have been a nicer man, yeah. you know. And Hillary was with him, and she could not have been cooler either. So, yeah. you know, a lot of times, like, the media paints these people in a certain way that really doesn't yeah. reflect who they are. Right. And my understanding is that Tim is a, really a, a, a beautiful guy, and... He loves the music, right. and he does a lot of good things for a lot of people. So I'm yeah. all for having a harmonica in the White House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah. They have that harmonica one step away from the button. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a scary thought, right there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. Like um, as as I as I get older, tw- ripe old age of 27 mm. now, you know, you, your opinions. Uh, about these things to get more complicated you realize you know like back when well eight years ago when obama was running you know he's like the coolest guy ever and you know what he's and the the, the scary thing is he's done some awful things but he's still really cool yeah you can have really cool guys in the white house and be proud to have them represent you and also very very concerned and feel very nuanced feelings so maybe that's you know yeah. how i'll feel about oh harmonica player tim Kaine. yeah no i no, i no, i think you will you know obama yeah. uh yeah he's done a lot of amazing things yeah you know i read one great interview where they're talking about obamacare and i and yeah. I, I loved his comeback he's like yeah obama does care yeah i do care obama does care this is not a negative thing this is a good thing yeah and uh, and that uh, that church service where where he spoke so eloquently and then just started singing Amazing Grace yeah. in a way that just uh, I'm, I'm getting a little verklempt just thinking about yeah. it here, you know, because it was so from the heart, you know, so completely yeah. genuine, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, we are. I love Obama, and I'm gonna love Hillary and Tim as well. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like as much yeah, as yeah. they, yeah, yeah, it's. It's it's a it's a hard job, you know, maybe a bad job to have, yeah. but there's good, well, good people and having. Who would want to have that job? I don't think want it. it. You know, you know, yeah. like I think either one of them when they're when they finally sit down behind that desk and you know in a few months from now when they're just, you know fighting with Senate and yeah. Congress and, and the Illuminati, Putin and <laughs> exactly. It's like why why did I do this? And that's yeah. when Tim's going to pull out his harmonica. Yeah, and he's going to find peace with it. I hope so. He's going to find peace and do the right thing. I certainly hope so. Well, we got uh, we got time for one more. Great. Let's get. Uh, let me get into into D major real quick. Sounds good. <laughs> I wish I had just a, a suitcase full of banjos like you have full of harmonicas and just yeah. Well, it's a little little easier for me to tote them around. I yeah. got a box here. Uh, you guys can't see this, but of uh, sixty harmonicas oh in here, <laughs> all made by the Great Honer Company, and they've all been customized by uh, Joe Felisco or Richard Slay who are uh, magnificent musicians as well as machinists and tweakers of harmonica. Yeah. So they, they take these things, and like your banjo, and, and create a, a really beautiful instrument. Well, I'm going to get into D, and then I, we should take a minute and just talk about where to find all your stuff once I'm there and uh, how to, uh, how to uh, further investigate the, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Trip Henderson. Um, okay, let's do it. All right, so uh, change of plans. Now we're in A, not in D. Sorry for those for, for <laughs> you who were specifically hoping that we'd be in, in D. But uh, 
we got one more tune and before before we play it, I just want to like say thanks for being on the show and how can we uh patronize your uh your music and uh not patronize <laughs> patronize your business <laughs> i'm i'm pretty used to being patronized right, yeah. so thank you that that feels right to me yeah uh well first of all thanks for having me on yeah, the show man. it's a total total pleasure uh we, yeah when My we best. met last year at, at jane rothfield's camp and we had tunes i, I realized that you had some, something very special going on there so this is this is fun and and i love the whole idea of doing these podcasts and yeah you know, learning from too, from all kinds of folks and putting it out there and sharing it with people. So, really, thanks for thanks for having yeah, me man. on. Uh, I live up in Brooklyn, New York, Red Hook, Brooklyn, specifically, um, and I uh, play and perform at a fabulous place called the Jalopy Theater and School of Music, which, uh, along with the Old Town School of Music in Chicago, Illinois, I think is uh, these two are arguably the best folk music venues in America. Uh, possibly the world yeah and it's a cool place i've uh, only been there once i was like man this uh, place is hip it's this amazing cool. it's totally amazing it's a it's a theater that looks like a storefront from Bis- bristol virginia you know, about yeah. 1927 <laughs> like you know when the bristol sessions happened uh the owners jeff and lynette wiley have these church pews that they built they have a music school so i teach harmonica there i perform there as often as i can they're having their big 10-year anniversary on september 17th you guys are probably gonna hear this after that but uh it's a remarkable place where people like uh, blind boy paxton oh, yeah. comes out of there uh, Ooh, ernie vegas uh, <laughs> incredible I and mean, there's just uh, I get a long pat conti a long list of really yeah. remarkable musicians who are deeply associated with this place so i play there uh, as much as i can i, I teach harmonica there uh, I'm in a group called Stillhouse Serenade, which is not at all an old-time group, but a, really a, like a 50s honky-tonk kind of group Yeah. with the great Danny Weiss and Mary Olive Smith. Danny played with Tony Trishka back in the day, and our keyboard player is a guy named Charlie Giordano, who, when he's not with us, he's out on the road with Bruce Springsteen, mm. is the best piano player and accordion player you've ever heard in your life. And we do George Jones and Webb Pierce and classic honky-tonk. It's a wonderful band. And then I've got a, my own little side project called the Chitlin Cookers, and mm. we do string band music and early acoustic blues and play all around Brooklyn. I don't have any official recordings. I'm kind of a lazy musician. Making a record's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you can find me on YouTube. Just put in the name Trip Henderson. You'll find a bunch of stuff with uh, an old group called the Whistling Wolves and different folks. And uh, one of these days, maybe I'll put out a record. But I'm I'm happy just playing. Yeah, I love playing bar gigs and, yeah. uh, make, and doing these festival things. But yeah, you'll be able to find me up in New York. So mm-hmm. look me up. Right on. All right. What's this last tune? What this last tune is something called the uh, the Traveler Playboy Special. It is a tune that originated with, by, a, by a white Cajun accordion player uh, in the 50s. And then uh, Kevin Wimmer learned it. it was, uh, Kevin Wimmer is one of the great traditional uh, Cajun and Zydeco players. He in turn taught it to Mark Graham, who in turn taught it to me. And I just taught it to you about 60 seconds ago, and uh, we're going to take our first pass at it right now. Here we go. Here we go.
Yeah. That's really cool. That's a nice little tune. If you need more Trip Henderson in your life, which is to say, if you're ready to admit that you need more Trip Henderson in your life, I've included links to his music and videos in this episode's description, on your app, on the blog, on my website, and uh, in the accompanying Facebook post. But all of Tripp's bands are so perfectly named that you can just Google them and their Facebook or Reverb Nation pages are always the first results. And those band names are Stillhouse Serenade, Chitlin Cookers, and Whistlin' Wolves. Just inspired band names. You can also find Tripp's YouTube channel by searching Trip Harmonica. And if you're in New York City or the surrounding area, you should take one of Tripp's harmonica classes at the Jalopy School of Music in Red Hook. If you want to hear us play that A major Shady Grove, you got to show a little love to get up in the cool and sign up to support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon and find the reward level that says Bonus Track. This whole show is basically a big excuse for me to play one-on-one with my favorite musicians, and the bonus track is just a pretense for me to prolong the experience, if only for a few minutes. It's sort of a fun grab bag. You never know what you're going to get. Sometimes the bonus track is super casual and spontaneous. Sometimes it's the best tune of the episode. And if you sign up, you'll get access to all the backlogs, which should be just short of 30 tunes at this point. So every week the deal just gets better. I want to make a quick shout out to the Field Recorders Collective. Thanks for reaching out. I'm really excited to learn every Ola Bell Reed song on your album, as well as every Dink Roberts tune. If anyone wants to join me in this endeavor, just go to fieldrecorder.org or fieldrecorder.bandcamp.com. They have fantastic recordings of all of the greats, including plenty of Tommy, Fred, and Clyde, as well as some more obscure names just waiting for you to uncover them. All right, that's all I got. Thanks for listening, friends. Tune in next week for more Get Up in the Cool.